Welcome to episode 128 of the GTO on 5G. It's the latest in Sky Scoop on everything 5G. We cover six topics typically in about 20 minutes, but today we're doing our standalone episode. And Anshul and I would like to welcome um, Ingmars Pukas. He's the vice president and board member of LMT Latvia. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Will. Hello, Anshul. Great. Well, let, let's get going. So, um, Ingmars, it'd be great for you to provide an overview of, of what you do at LMT. And then maybe for our viewers and listeners, talk a little bit about LMT and its presence in Latvia. So, hello. Yes, um, I'm coming from Latvia, so the uh, Baltic states, northern part of the Europe. So, we've been, um, I've been in the telco industry for more than 20 years. So, but LMT as a company has been a historical operator here for 30 years. So we are uh, jointly owned by both Telia and Latvian governments. So we have kind of an Indian uh, situation here. So, uh, and we have been mobile only. So we have been kind of uh, pretty much focused on mobile industry all these 30 years without any distractions toward the uh, fixed line. And, and, and we have been uh, for last, I don't know, let's say 10 years, we have been quite also focused on building wireless broadband. Uh, with the help of the 4G technologies. I think we've done our homework quite decently uh, since since uh, our mobile, uh, both our networks and our competitors' networks these days are competing with fixed line op uh, fixed line operators here. And, and, and so we are now, over the last five years, we have been trying to build our skills to update and get ready for the, for the 5G because we do believe that 5G should not be only about the broadband, so we should get something more out of it, at least some part of the stuff that's been promised that will happen in 10 years. Some of this should maybe happen, I don't know, next year <laughs> or, in, or in two or three years. So, But as we have noticed, that asks for a completely new set of skills that we normally do not uh, have, because being a mobile operator means that you are uh, really good at retail, you know, you are building a retail network and sell retail products. A 5G means industrial product. A normal, normal mobile operator doesn't have those, you know, HR capital to actually deliver on, on, on those. So that's what we have been doing over the five years now, getting ready for 5G when it will show up <laughs> eventually. So, yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, 5G is a journey. It's not a light switch. And I've used that yeah. phrase many times with journalists when I speak with them. And I think in, in the European Union, there are additional challenges because uh, the close proximity of all the countries, as well as um, the need, you know, to manage, you know, individual spectrum auctions and deployments and that sort of thing. So um, it's been a little bit slower in deployment in Europe, but I think, you know, Europe has certain challenges. But, you know, I've gotten to know you and LMT through the 5G Tecretory event. Um, that event, uh, it just held its fifth um, event this year. I was in Latvia for that. I'm glad I missed the snow. I understand it snowed after I left, but I've been really impressed with that event. Um, I've attended both in-person, pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, supported that, um, you know, um, here in, in Texas where I live. And then I was able to get back to Riga this year. And I continue to be really impressed with what the event is doing to advance 5G use cases. And as you mentioned, you know, 5G is really going to be about industrial use cases, given the low latency, the extremely fast throughput, the massive device support, the additional security encryption that comes along with 5G over LTE. I wrote a Forbes article 
I, I just checked and it, it got several thousand views. So I guess I did a good job there. And I spoke about uh, the panels that I participated in with respect to uh, the debate around um, OTT regulation and accessibility. But um, for our viewers and listeners, if you didn't see that, that's posted to my Twitter channel as well as my LinkedIn channel. But Ingmar, like, I'd love to get your perspective on what you felt were some of the, um, you know, kind of the most impressive uh, happenings that came out of the event this year. Well, we as a company, we have been supporting the secretary since the very beginning. The original idea was exactly that, that, you know, to understand what are you going to do with the 5G, you should come together, was one thing. And the other thing was this um, claim that here in the northern part of the Europe, there are a great number of little nice countries like Baltics and Nordics and uh, and everybody is doing just fine with uh, digital services and networks, but there is like kind of no one common voice. So this ambition was to have some kind of... Uh, gathering where we, we could actually come together and share and discuss and have some common voice because Europe is quite, you know, it's quite fragmented. So there are yeah. really different scenarios happening. We do not really feel any problematic uh, here with the um, amount of or speed of rollout of mobile services. Actually, our customers are between top users on the on the on the planet now and then. We're quite happy and our regulators locally here at least have been quite generous with frequencies. So so we are quite content. But the big question is more or less coming on this next level. What do you build upon these cool 4G, 5G services? That's exactly why we have this factory thing for policymakers and operators and 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 enterprise level to come together and actually share some experience um, for us uh, this year probably some of the pinnacles was a little bit uh maybe for the first time it was actually a little bit more local the, yeah. the, the good experience was that actually we were able to come together locally many industries and to sign a memorandum regarding the build-up of skills regarding of uh, uh of uh, chips kind of in reflection to Chips Act happening in 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 the EU because historically we have a kind of a 150 years of industrial and engineering production here, but somehow we we have also lost a lot of part of the historical abilities we, we had around chips. So so there's a big movement both from the policy makers and industry here in Latvia that we should make some steps in education and 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 and. So, I mean, the ecosystem thing is probably most important for us right now. And that's probably the most important thing from, from this year, that that uh, over the years we have been able to build a local ecosystem that's quite quite um, strong and actually much more speedy than probably in, in other countries, which are like just bigger. So we can do stuff, we can, we can do stuff faster. You know, it's, you know, it's interesting from my perspective to see the event grow from, to your point, being a very sort of Baltic central, you know, uh, event to, to much broader and, and bringing in, you know, more parts of Europe and, and even globally as well, you know, and, and all of the major infrastructure providers were there. I mean, th this is the area that I cover as an analyst. You know, I spoke to Nokia, I spoke to a number of different, um, you know, infrastructure providers, and it is impressive to see just the scope of the event grow and, and how it's become a, you know, sort of a real influence and really kind of risen uh, to become a very, very large regional show. And, 
you know, I think in my Forbes article, I stated that, you know, I think finally 5G Tecretory has sort of stepped out of the shadow of the Bigger Brother Mobile World Congress series. And I, th I think kind of what you you shared with our audience is a great segue to, to Ansel, uh, Ansel's first question. Yeah, I was wondering if you could kind of tell us some of the bigger 5G use cases that you're seeing arise specifically in the Baltics and how LMT is involved in some of those. Yeah. Well, uh, back in the day, back in the day, we uh, identified one of the fundamental problems for a mobile operator is that that uh, you can't do things on your own in 5G. So normally, mobile operator is rich and he's introvert, so he doesn't need uh, other companies, other partners. You you can do everything on your own, which is not true in the 5G world. So you have to build some skills how to talk to other people and make some partnerships. So we have reached out many directions. One of the historically, the, the oldest ones was actually uh, uh, defense industry because uh, historically the defense industry has been intentionally not smartphoneized. I mean, intentionally avoiding civilian communication technologies. What they've noticed in the many theaters around the world that adversaries are actually very nicely using um, civilian technologies cheap civilian technologies with great effect. So, so there's a big movement regarding the adopting the mobile technology for, for NATO uh, standards and NATO use cases. And this is one of the oldest ones starting from developing command control systems, uh, de developing uh, private networks, uh, looking into 5G cap capabilities, both for alternative to GPS, positioning uh, usage of augmented and virtual reality. And coming back to the ecosystem I mentioned, this is probably one of our strongest ecosystems here, but we have built together with national armed forces and the Ministry of Defense, as well as the uh, NATO researchers that we launched the uh, first uh, 5G testbed, particularly for deploying military use cases right into the uh, military base next to the Riga, which contains, uh, which has 11, the battle groups from 11 countries on the uh, NATO. So this is a really good, good place to test and and, and, and to develop these cases. Particularly what we have been doing right now is virtual reality and augmented reality. And we are looking into uh, using 5G for positioning uh, use case, as well as the, of course the sidelink as such is, is, is. I think the military, in essence, when they opened up to, so to speak, civilian side of communication, I think that there will be one, one of the big, uh, um, big, big users and, 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 and big lovers of 5G technology. This is one big vertical. And of course, it's somewhat extra ex exposed these days because of the old horrible happenings right next door to us, because we have kind of the to all what is happening in the Russian-Ukrainian war and all the competence and, and experience which is coming our way, which how the communication is actually behaving in the front line. So the defense use case is one big, 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 big topic. The other one is mobility. Uh, uh, so over the years, I think it has been quite obvious that transportation systems are somewhat least uh, digitalized <laughs> systems we have, and probably role of the operator is not so much to 
insure autonomous vehicles. It's more like insure connected vehicles. So all this discussion around around connectivity for future mobility has been quite high on the agenda. Uh, we have been also happy happy participant of many European wide uh, research activities. We have built we have built a little part of Estonian our neighbor country our. Estonian network right in the middle of the city. So we built a test track to particularly uh, to particularly work on on autonomous uh, vehicle uh, performance in cross border situations and 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 all the related aspects. So mobility is the other part. The third part is actually might seem a little bit more mundane, but it's related to so to speak an end user equipment. Because theoretically, you can have anything these days, but when you take a look from the operator's perspective, it's not, not so easy to actually uh, buy stuff and bring it to your customers. In, in theory, you can go to some congresses, and there's an endless line of formal or theoretical suppliers, but when you do need to have something, it's not so easy. And again, our um, we have invested in local ecosystem. We have our... Um, Dear neighbor company Microtech, which is a uh, uh, producer of end user radio equipment for end users and industrial users. So we have cooperated. And one of the first projects was uh, how to become independent from uh, Chinese, uh, Chinese produce. So we proved that it's thanks to the automation uh, and uh, thanks to the automation levels and efficiencies, we are able to substitute. Huawei routers. So now we have stepped forward and uh, we have produced air quality and and uh, and the fire safety sensor that operates in narrowband and LPM networks that we can actually sell to our customers. So we don't need to wait some miraculous future or someday soon, but we can actually have an actual thing that actually works in directly to the mobile network. And uh, the first component is, of course, the smart city, and and that's the, you know the classical use case. And again, thanks to the ecosystem, we are in, investing in together with our capitals, um, city and city of Riga. We are also deploying uh, road safety uh, sensors, which are built on computer vision. So these are some of the cases, but uh, these are probably just an example. They're a little bit. They are quite diverse. They're not exactly just built around the connectivity itself, because which we which we quickly realized that in this topic 5G future, the, the connectivity is just a part, sometimes very small part of the use case in general. So it's much more important to see the whole value chain. And it's 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 not so easy to find the integrator who is going to be doing this, who is going to integrate all this beautiful stuff. Therefore, we have made our choice and and actually built the skills that we might be one of the integrators so we're going to to uh, go quite diverse directions here yeah yeah you know it's interesting you mentioned the the defense use case and Anshul and i we've covered that on prior podcasts as well we're seeing a lot of that uh, within the united states a lot of it is around transportation and logistics to supply um, the u.s marine corps and um, and other branches of our military in the U.S. and certainly um, you know sort of the smart city use cases that you were speaking to as well. 
Um, we're beginning to see that, you know, companies like Qualcomm are, are getting into smart city very aggressively, not only providing the silicon, uh, but also the software um, to to enable all these different use cases. And smart city is such a broad term. You know, you talked about, you know, road safety and that sort of thing, but there are a number of different things that, that can be done there. But I found it interesting too, you, you talked a little bit about um, uh, the Chinese infrastructure and, and sort of the rip and replace. And, and obviously that's something um, that's happening in the U.S. as well. And, you know, one of the, the focuses, at least for the U.S. government in the U.S. is trying to domesticate that, that 5G supply chain and, you know, and even not have to rely solely on, you know, even um, the Nordic countries like, you know, the Nokias and, and the Ericsson's of the world, although they are great partners as well as Samsung Networks when you look at the 5G deployments in, in our country. But, but I'm wondering, um, we're seeing a trend in the U.S. and other parts of the world around embracing the cloud um, for obvious reasons, for, for resiliency, for, for edge computing. AWS and Azure have been very aggressive in, in that regard. And then the whole notion of, of Open RAN, um, which can potentially domesticate the 5G supply chain, at least for the U.S., but also provide agility um, as well as uh, virtualized RAN. And, you know, and Samsung Networks has been um, leading the charge from my perspective with respect to VRAN. But I'm wondering when, you know, when you look at cloudification and you look at some of this disaggregation in the RAN, are these elements that LMT is also evaluating? Well, uh, yes, uh, but I mean, this comes in, in some, some packages. It, it doesn't come like a, a single wholesome product. Uh, we are clearly doing this in the core network. Now we are uh, starting to roll out our standalone 5G network for commercial use. So clearly we we are uh, going to cloud 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 native solution here. In regards to the radio access network, we have this in plans for let's say two, two or three years perspective because probably there are different different angles how you can uh, look at this i mean uh, for us we are still operating 2g networks 3g network and 4g and 5g so they're four commercial networks they are operating in a seamless, in a seamless manner so so we have to be quite quite careful uh, regarding what we do so 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 uh, we are not that focused just on the 5g so we still have you know all of our kind of bread and butter comes <laughs> from the uh, 4g network we are going to close down 3G very soon, of course, and we will redistribute the frequencies. Uh, but but uh, regarding the radio network, we, we are a little bit more cautious. So we are looking in a two, three years of the perspective here, as well as, of course, we should uh, consider the aspects of energy efficiency, which is quite high on the agenda these days, particularly in our region where the cost of electricity is. <laughs> We very nicely realized this year that we are a big, big consumer, which we <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, you know, and you know, five one of its superpowers is is power efficiency as well. You know, I'm not surprised to hear you say that because I recently spent time with with AT and T. Their electricity bill is in the billions of U.S. dollars, right? So this is this is pretty significant stuff. But I want to stay on the RAN um, thread here for a moment, and I think Anshul's got a question for you. Yeah, as a follow-on to Will's question, I was wondering if the momentum in RAN sharing in other parts of the EU uh, is finding its way into the Baltics' speed of 5G deployments and 
maybe how does it reduce competitiveness or how does it increase in, in other ways? Yeah, well, that's uh, quite an uh, intense <laughs> question by itself. We have lots of, lots of battles uh, won and lost around this topic here. I think there are, again, many players to this. Uh, historically, we have been sharing a passive infrastructure for a zillion of years. Uh, so in the places where it's very hard to build some tower, it, that's normal. It's kind of a check on Charles thing. You, you, you're kind of uh, uh, sharing your towers with competition that nothing unusual. This has been happening for as long as I remember myself. So this is the one part. The part where we would share the active in infrastructure we actually actively oppose. Uh, because we do believe that this is uh, cumbersome for two reasons. One reason is that we've seen that uh, our strategies are very much different. I mean, in the years where we were investing, let's say, in the capacity, uh, some of the competition were more investing in coverage, for instance, a very simple example, but but pretty uh, telling. So where do you actually in invest? So also we've seen that in our our uh, forecasts actually seem, I mean, the, the, our radio network is our product. I mean, this is what we are. I mean, that's our brand. So sharing and, and nibbling down these differences between networks probably leads to fewer old price competition, which is probably driving down in the medium term the, the end users benefit. It, it, it might seem very nice and rosy, at first, but it, it will actually drive down the competition. So that aspect is quite physical. I mean, uh, for us, the main problem is to get per permission to build. It's not about, it's not so much about the CAPEX, it's much more about the ability to build in the places where network is needed. Because if you have, I don't know, the classical problem of low rise buildings and everybody wants a nice, some nice villa, but no, no you know, stupid tower. Uh, covering somewhere nearby. So uh, therefore, uh, in these areas, uh, quite often the towers are, and these positions are over, physically overloaded just with our own if infrastructure. So, so we, therefore, therefore, what we do believe in, we do, where possible, we do share uh, physical uh, or so the passive infrastructure, but, but, but we, we do not venture into into the sharing of active. Yeah. Well, no, that makes sense. And you know, for our viewers and listeners that are, you know, some of them are likely not as familiar with uh, Latvia as I am. I'm still working on my key to the city. I, I tease uh, I tease the PR agency that manages the 5G Tecretory event there. But um, you know, there are three operators, right, in Latvia, and Latvia is a fairly small country as well, and so I, I imagine it is quite intense. Um, I don't think the issue is a lack of fiber. You know, one of my understandings is that um, Latvia is a very fiber-dense um, country, and obviously that supports, you know, fixed broadband as well as the need for backhaul um, for 5G, but, um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting market. It's a, you know, the Baltics are becoming a technology powerhouse from my perspective. Um, a lot of people may not know this, but um, I believe Skype was actually birthed in Estonia, you know, just, you know, right next door, you know, uh, to Latvia as well. So um, Ingmars, thank you so much for, um, for coming on our standalone podcast. I think it's been really educational to get a different view 
on, on a market that, that many of our viewers and listeners might not be familiar with. But with that, Anshul, I'm going to let you take it away. Absolutely. We hope our viewers and listeners found this week's topics interesting. If anyone out there would like to provide insights for a specific, specific 5G topic for a future podcast, please reach out to us on social media. Will is at Willtown Tech, and I'm at Anshal Saad. Thanks again to Ingmars and LMT for joining us today, and happy holidays.